I'm Rabbi Amy. I'm Pastor Ken. I'm Imam Islam. This is Kippah, Kufi, and Color. Our guest today is Kaya Morris, former Vermont State Representative and the current Movement and Politics Director for Rights and Democracy. So first of all, I did want to say, uh, how about my new microphone? Very cool. Because Very cool. I traded in my tin can and string for a real microphone, so I'm pretty excited about that. I'm really happy for you. And uh, yeah, yeah, so it's good to... So uh, this time, uh, we've, we've, we, last week we were pretty serious. We talked about uh, a lot of shame, uh, I think was our conversation yeah. last week. And, and so this week we get to talk about being happy, but particularly being happy when others are happy. And so I guess uh, a great question to start might be, um, is there a time you can remember when somebody else's happiness absolutely delighted you? Like just, you felt so happy for somebody else. You know, uh, the funny funny thing that, uh, there's so many times I could think of, uh, but I just had a flashback to when my daughter was graduating from preschool. And they put them in little caps and gowns and, you know, paraded them in one at a time. And I was overcome with the need to just cry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, some, sometimes it gets very close, yeah. you know, if, even the smallest thing. I was at a wedding a couple of weeks ago and um, uh, just seeing the love that surrounded this couple... Mm-hmm. And, and and seeing their love for each other. And I know, you know, that's what weddings are supposed to be. But it just, it, it felt very pure and very hopeful and just delight for these two people. Like, yeah. it just filled me. It was, it was like I was, I was sharing in their joy in a really visceral way. Yeah. That's, that's an intimate kind of happiness where there's like a soul connection between all the people who are standing there together. Yeah. Yeah. That's different than a fleeting happiness, um, although happiness in and of itself is typically not a long-lasting emotion, uh, different from joy, which is something that lasts. But um, th- these moments of real connection are deep. So what's the difference between happiness and joy, Mr. Curious? Funny you should ask, because I was just <laughs> talking about that on my Rosh Hashanah sermon. <laughs> Happiness is an emotion of the moment in an experience when either we individually have this great moment that fills us with happiness, or we experience it uh, through somebody else's happiness. So we share in their happiness, as you were just describing at the wedding. Joy is when you feel a sense of deep satisfaction that lasts, that you carry with you. Does that jive with what what you think of Islam? I was always thinking it was the other way around. I don't know for some reason. Maybe it's just language barrier. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Maybe it could be. It could be. It's just, it just could be what, yeah. what you're saying. Um, I was. I was. I was just typically the other way around. It's like joy this and happiness the other one. But it, it could be. It could be. Uh, I think mm-hmm. uh, we used uh, you know simultaneously. Or, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mean the same thing. Because yeah. <laughs> I think of joy the same way, Amy. You think of joy, but. Yeah. But even though I opened it with happiness as a, as a moment sort of thing, I, I've also, and I forget the name of the author, um, it's going to drive me crazy, but uh, uh, a guy wrote a book, Happiness, it's a, I think it's a brilliant book, and he argues that happiness is a skill. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But it has to stem from joy. 
That's right. Like, you I would have agree this with that too. Base of joy, and then you can choose to live a happy life uh, in that. And from that comes joy. Yeah, or maybe it's the other. They're connected for they're sure. Connected. Yes, they are so connected. I want to say that um, I hadn't thought about the distinction between these two feelings or um, types of human experience uh, until I was reading David Brooks' new book, The Second Mountain. And, and the whole book is about going beyond happiness to joy. So I looked up the dic- dictionary definition, and lo and behold, there it was right in front of me, the dif- distinction between joy and happiness. And I think that the problem is that in regular common speech, we don't make a distinction. Right. So who would have thought about that? Who would... And does it really matter? What really matters is that we find it, whatever it is. Right, right. And we find it through our connection with each other. Whether it's happiness or it's joy, that's what matters. So, so if, if rejoicing with one another brings us such joy, what, are, what keeps us from doing that all the time? Like, What gets in the way of us rejoicing when good things happen to other people? Well, different things could actually keep this away from us, like you know, um, other stressful things. If they overcome your, um, your 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 way of thinking, and then probably there will be a barrier between you and and rejoice with other people. Um, and in a religious point of view, that if, uh, you always have to look at the positive sides or, or positive things in your life than the negative things. And in this case, you will get to rejoice more with others. But if you're always, you know, uh, focusing on the negative, then this could be a barrier towards what you, you just what you just right. said. Um, uh, if you're thinking all the time about, you know, things that you know that are making you upset or things that you know are troubling, uh, I think that will have a negative impact on you rejoicing with other people, or on, on or will actually be a barrier on your pursuit of happiness. Mm. I love what you said about stressful things overcoming your way of thinking. That's an interesting use of words. That's uh, like self-entrapment. It's like you yourself have become trapped inside of yourself. You can't get beyond your own negative feeling. And some people like this. I mean, some people, unfortunately, well, it depends. Everyone can, can come to this, can think this way at some point of life. But some people think like this all the time. Some people, as you, you know, the, the, the famous quote, uh, some people always look at the... Uh, the 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 empty uh, uh, right. the, you know the half empty the half cup or, or whatever yeah, that, yeah, whatever yeah. that is yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cup half empty uh, the cup half empty the, the, the empty half cup it's yeah, all that, the same yeah yeah you're right <laughs> I mean whatever that is they look some people look at the other some people say oh here yeah, I have a half cup full right. and some people right. say oh, oh look at that the half, right. the half cup's empty so basically that's what it is right oh yeah so so has, if somebody has focuses on the negative in their life they're also more likely to see the negative in other people's lives. that's right so definitely. if somebody has something to rejoice about you can point out that somebody who's thinking negatively is going to see all the reasons they have not to rejoice yes so 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 let's say this is a complicated situation it's one that i've actually kind of been in let's say that you uh um you have a member okay so islam and amy Y'all both, uh, you have a member of your youth who's in basketball, and you have a member of your youth who's in basketball, and y'all go to their game, and you see that you're at the same gym, except they play for different teams. And it's a tightly contested game. And at the end of the game, Islam, your student sinks the game-winning shot, and that side is just deliriously delighted. The other side is heartbroken, crying, just rip their hearts out sad right because we get that way i mean we, we were trying our best you know and it's there's nothing wrong with any of that 
do you rejoice with the one who made the bucket? Like, how do you hand? How how do you respond to that emotionally? Well, I have to ask you a question before that. Where are we? Uh, what are we seated next to each other or far away? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hmm. Well, the reason why I'm asking this question because just the moment you was describing this scene, I was like in my mind, in my in, in when I was born in Egypt, uh, the rival teams of their fans are separated. Right. Are, <laughs> they right. Can't right. Unlike here, no? they so are, you can just cheer. You can do whatever. <laughs> if you are sitting uh, accidentally in in uh, in uh, you know in the opposite team, help me. I mean that's in that's back where I came from. But that's here, right. I think, football, yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, football in oh, soccer, Egypt. Said, said soccer. soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Although you call it soccer. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you accidentally went onto the wrong gate, <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. I mean, Ooh. you have to. I uh, have to keep your mouth shut. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, but I'm saying this. Uh, if if I'm if I'm of course I'm, this is the team I'm supporting. I'm I'm, I'm uh, I'll be happy. I may like show the hand gesture. I mean, I go like this. But in in the meantime, I, fr I, I try to comfort my friend. You know, tell yeah. this is sport. Someone has to win and someone has to lose. You know, you did a good job. It's a great game. You know, you have some some you know word of encouragement also. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think the encouragement is important. And and there's a point at which, you know, you can feel sad that your team lost, and then get over it. Yeah. It's just a game. You know, I had a weird... So I coached... I was thinking about this because I coached a basketball team uh, a long time ago, an eighth grade team, and uh, uh, they were really good, and they played another team that was really good, and I made a bad coaching decision at one point. But uh, um, but we ended up... It was, it was kind of the big game of the season, and we ended up losing on a last-second shot made by the other team's best player. Wow. And my girls were just heartbroken. They were devastated. But I found myself like really happy for the person who had made that shot because she had taken a tough shot. She had made the shot in a pressure-filled moment. Like if she loses a shot, we win. If she gets the shot, they win. Like I was just de de delighted for her, and and also brokenhearted for my kids. So how did you talk to the kids? Um, I encouraged them, but I didn't try to tell. You know, I didn't try to tell them. It's no big deal. Like to them, in, a, yeah. in the moment, it was a big deal, and tomorrow right. it won't be a big deal. There'll be right. something else, but but you know, so I didn't want to dismiss what they were feeling because yeah, they just they should feel they worked really hard and they came up short, and and, and yeah, they were sad about that, and that's okay. Uh, so I tried to tell them, you know, things that I hoped would last longer than the disappointment. Yeah, about how well I thought they played. Yeah, um, and then I made a point to go to that young woman who had who had made that shot and just tell her i thought it was a fantastic shot and i was really happy for her and you modeled that for for your team i hope so i don't think they really were interested <laughs> no but i bet that they remember that and maybe. and maybe ultimately it'll mean what it should mean to them that that's what you do that's maybe. that's what we do for each other yeah you gave them a gift Oh yeah, I think I, I hope so. It, it was it was uh, it surprised me. It wasn't like I was trying to be a good person. Like that was just one of those moments where uh, goodness showed up in my life in a way that uh, was completely unexpected. See, I think just being present, which really means you've opened up your heart to another person, is uh, fulfilling. And so, if it's true and honest, then it doesn't sap you of your energy. It doesn't sap you of your, uh, your own personal joy. It, it is a source of joy because that's, that's where real human connection happens. 
What do you think, Islam? Yes, I agree with you. But I thought he meant how you do that at the same time and how you do that without hurting someone, someone else's feeling. Is that your... That's your that's Just how you, how you balance that. Sometimes they'll be in proximity, sometimes less so, but mm-hmm. how you balance that. I think I agree with what you said, what Amy said, that, you know, this is actually... Uh, it's, it's actually... Uh, a, a sense of purpose also when you grieve with someone and you have feel a connection with someone and the fact that you feel big, you, that you're grieving for someone else that's actually something good and um, if I ha- ever you know had to be in a kind of middle of a, of a service and someone one of the members had something you know you know uh, he had a loss somewhere and one other member has you know success somewhere um, I would just uh, uh, try as much as I can to uh, make the, uh, the, uh, the the atmosphere not so cheerful because of you know someone else mm-hmm. has, has suffering. And on a personal basis, I would actually go and congratulate that person for his for his own mm-hmm. success. And he should be understanding that we do not we're not rejoicing because we have someone. For example, right. someone has a, a loss of family member, and someone else has just made um, uh, had a, a new baby. For example, uh, mm-hmm. it, we cannot just celebrate. Or uh, we cannot have any uh, occasion of celebration because you know uh, we have to respect someone else's feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, the challenge is that how you, if that happens at the same time, yeah. how, you, how you balance that, you know, on the, without hurt someone else's feeling. Right. We have in our in our Friday night Shabbat service, um, we we have some opening um, recitation of some psalms, and then there, then that when those those psalms which are happy. When that part of the service comes to its close, that's when those who are in mourning, which is the first week of mourning, come into the service and they're acknowledged with words of sympathy. Mm. So there was happiness, and now there's the mournfulness, and now everybody comes together. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, I can remember a quote, a prophetic quote, saying that the believer is always, everything is good for him. If something good happened to him, He's grateful to God, and that's good for him. If something evil happens to him, he's patient, and that's good for him. So oh, all the wow. time, everything is good for that's him. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so I'm going to not be praying for patience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> episode today, it is my great pleasure to introduce former state representative uh, of the General Assembly for Vermont, Kaya Morris. She is now the Movement and Politics Director for Rights and Democracy, which is located here in Burlington, but serves the whole state of Vermont. She also consults and she does consultations on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and has been a key consultant for a project that my own synagogue, Ohavi Zedek Synagogue, has been doing uh, here in Burlington called Stopping Stones. We'll have to tell you about that later, but um, through that project, I've had the pleasure to get to know Kaya, and uh, I'm really glad you've been able to join us today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbi. Today we're talking about rejoicing with others. And uh, we've learned that we have different understandings of happiness and joy. So we'd love to know, how do you understand happiness and joy? Uh, are they the same or are they different? And whatever mm. else you'd want to say about that, what that feels to you. So for me personally, happiness, I understand that it's a state of being and it's something that's conditional for each individual. Um, What brings individuals 
happiness, what brings them moments of joy. Happiness is um, a generalized state of being, whereas joy is something that you can sort of punctuate in a moment. It's something that amplifies the general um, sentiments and the spirit of what happiness is really embodied in. And so for me, happiness is an ability to live with the freedom of space to see and be present in the things that are nurturing and giving for our souls. Um, there's so much that we experience in life, whether it be a crushing workaday, you know, day-to-day schedule with multiple demands that pull you in many different directions. It could be the pains and the stresses of poverty. It could be um, the, the challenges that we might have with our physical health, be it a pandemic or a personal disability, some of which might even be invisible to the average person. Um, there's so much, you know, seeing what's happening in our political sphere, the world really gives us a whole lot of stimulus that tells us whether or not we are safe, we are cared for, and whether or not our personhood in and of itself is considered to be precious. And so for me, the moments when I find and I'm most rooted in happiness is the places and the spaces when I can breathe. I can breathe enough, have enough time to even just stop and look at my son and just see that glorious, beautiful human being and listen to his little silly laughter for whatever funny joke he heard and being able to access that and recognizing that bond. Being able to have the, the freedom to be in a space of beauty. We're, we're fortunate. Vermont is a ridiculously gorgeous state. It's ridiculously beautiful in so many magnificent ways. But even in this pursuit of looking for that nature, sometimes we can find that we don't feel safe in all spaces. We may not feel welcome in all spaces. Spaces may not physically be safe because of pollution or other hindrances that keep, our in, keep us restrained in our ability to fully celebrate all of those things. And so when you have that freedom of movement, that ability to just you know, be able to open, to look out and up, that to me is where you constantly find the fuel to be able to continue to root yourself in happiness. And it's not a guarantee and it is not 100% all the time. Um, and there's times where it feels incredibly distant, but if we can tap and find those little moments, that's, that's, that's what helps to keep me finding and experiencing and celebrating happiness. So for yeah. joy, joy is like, that's that time when, in many ways, I would say joy often comes for me when I get to share that moment of happiness with someone else. Mm-hmm. That just, that connectivity of being with someone else, being with others and bearing witness to something that brings that sense of happiness and peace. Yeah. Beautiful. So I, I love what you said about um, seeing and experiencing that which nourishes us, I think is what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels like a choice being made there to choose to see and experience, uh, to, uh, which is really neat. I was just wondering, is there somebody in your life that mm-hmm. helped you learn 
to make that choice that helps you learn to see and experience the things that, that give you nourishment. I appreciate that. And, and I actually appreciate the opportunity to clarify that because you see that phrase on bumper sticker, choose happiness. There are an enormous amount of assumptions that go with that of a person's ability to choose happiness. That is not to say that one cannot have trials and tribulations and find happiness and sit in a space of happiness. But it also recognizes that that individual has something different going on than perhaps even the person sitting directly next to them. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? So for me, happiness is something that while there is a choice involved, there's also, again, I speak of the space and time to be able to sit with that. And that isn't always accessible. It is that in itself isn't always accessible to individuals. I can't always, if I'm crushed, if I'm feeling crushed by the world's news in that moment, I can look over at my beautiful son and recognize that he's beautiful and see that love coming from him. But my heart may not be feeling the levity that we want to hold when we say the word happiness. Hmm. So um, happiness. And and- you can't. And sometimes you can't. That is, this is when we get into thinking about things like depression and anxiety and PTSD and so many other afflictions of the mind and the body and the spirit that keep us from being able to stay in a homeostasis. But again, that's also not part of the human experience. I don't know of any doctrine that speaks of like, you know, like that perfect utopia where you're just there all the time. Like that's not, that's not something, that's something we always have to learn and negotiate. Right. So you'd ask if there was someone that helped me think about that. And um, it's always been a process over time. I had the fortune of having one of my college professors, Edward Diener, who's an, worldwide specialist on happiness. That's his area of focus. And I remember talking to him and we were sort of sharing life stories, just a one-on-one, you know, sharing life stories. And I talked about a relationship that was really deeply strained and it was just so hard and so painful. And it's like, you know, there are some bridges that you can't rebuild. You can say, I forgive you. I give you peace. And I'm going to carry on and not rebuild that bridge because I need you to have the strength to go build that bridge with someone else. That's okay. If we don't continue on this journey together. And so he, he was really in, encouraging me to think a little bit differently about what are the requirements for that happiness. That sometimes it's not always the most obvious, but that it is conditional and that to find that happiness is work I have to do. And if it's conditional on someone else's behavior or their, cho- their choices in those moments, then I won't ever feel that deeply. Mm. So um, I'd say that was one of the first places I started thinking about that. I mean, like, you know, it's, it's there, there is, it's a condition, there's a conditionality to being able to hold what we say is happiness. Mm. Beautiful. Islam. Yeah, so we'll start with the, the question. So what are some of the things that you see happening to others that brings you joy or happiness? Hmm. Things happening to others. I'm, you know, I'm so grateful for this conversation because we do this work and we forget that it's not all about struggle, right? <laughs> the human experience is also about joy and being able to access those places of joy. Um, what do I see happening that I believe is helping others feel moments of joy? So much of it, and especially in this moment, has to do with direct connectivity. 
so much of it because we are socially isolated for our very health and well-being. And so right now, what I am seeing are these moments where people are finding ways to still stay, stay connected to each other, even just to see each other. I'm seeing everything from concerts at drive-in movie theaters <laughs> where people are cheering as though they were actually there, <laughs> you know, to um, those moments where people have been able to reconnect with a loved one, perhaps an elder in their life or a relative that they know has felt very lonely and being able to share physical space it sounds so lofty right now <laughs> being able to share physical space. But what I hear back from them is so beautiful. Um, I love that people are creating art. Art always helps me find those moments of joy. And I'm glad to see that our creativity is requiring for us to find new ways to deliver that art and that we're still engaging in it. Um, I find joy it's hard because there's both satisfaction, there's ease, there's celebration, and then there's joy, which is very different than all of those others, I would say. I see joy a lot with children right now when they're in the spaces and places where they can be children. See again, that's that conditionality. You and I first met when you were dealing with something really, really painful and difficult when a racist troll uh, had been torturing your family. And that drove you from um, from the state house, from your position in the state house, so that you could take a break, as I understood it. And it was a, a very horrific situation. And uh, and I can't even begin to know what you've been through um, in recovering from that experience. But mm -hmm. I have to say that it has inspired me getting to know you, how much joy you radiate, even after what you've been through. <laughs> I appreciate that. that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm glad that you're able to see those moments and I'm glad that I'm able to have those moments. And they're, again, no, no, not always. There are many, many days, may take spaces and places where I feel that heaviness. The recognition of the fact that what had built around me, we knew was already present. It's, it's ever present. How can it not be after our global history and our, the way that we've dealt with human relations on a most baseline level? And we've failed our humanity in, in how we see each other and care for each other and love one another. Knowing that much of that is still happening. Yeah. Um, it's amplifying right now. I guess my ability to find to, to project and to support and to build out that joy is again, these spaces, sharing this space and this time with each of you. Mm. Yeah. I am worried. I do, I, I don't, it's not a lack of hope, but it's a reality in that the violence of our Western world is finding many, many spaces and places and hearts. And when this began, I remember having conversations with our interfaith council and saying, I need you to start speaking from the pulpit immediately because your congregants right now are seeing and hearing things on the internet <laughs> that are leading them astray. They do not know and they were looking for you to remind them, <laughs> to remind them of the love that you're centered in. They need you to bring them back to center. They will not do it alone. 
and you have to call it out. So I feel so much in this moment that if we don't speak in those real hard truths, but then recognizing that it's coming from such a place of deep love that we're going to be missing half of the work. And so if I can come in that space and say, I see you and I see how you're trying and I see how we're going to screw this up. right, And I see how this is just what we must keep working towards. That gives me, that gives me a space to be able to smile. That does give me a space to be able to smile and I can hold that smile and then have those quiet spaces when I might need to weep. Yeah. Beautiful. So one, one last question for me. If you, for example, are going through or experiencing any um, uh, rough time or some sadness, and then you come across, you came across some uh, people are rejoicing, mm-hmm. um, will that ever change your mood, or you just you know kind of put a pause, <laughs> put a hold on your sadness, and say let's let's rejoice with those people? Uh, how uh, have you ever gone through something like this, or how would that make you feel? Will this happiness? Uh, be actually be an actual happiness or would it be like it's complimentary or yeah yeah I have absolutely been in those places I've absolutely had those moments when I I feel like I was blessed as an you know from my infancy actually (laughs) to be able to have a heart that um can hold an almost inexhaustible well of love. It doesn't mean it doesn't need refilling. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it doesn't need nurturing and caring for, but it is that very energy that you're speaking about where you're in that space where others are able to hold happiness that if you are able, and again, and I am not trying to shame anyone or make cast judgment on anyone who isn't able to, I, tr- I try to reach out and experience that and share that with them. So I try, I try with no perfection. <laughs> There's no such thing. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Well, thank you so much for taking time and spending some of your afternoon with us on a stormy day. It's really great to, to hear from you and to see you smile and, uh, and just share your thoughts with us. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you each so much. And I give you, I wish you peace and joy and safety (laughs) in these times, in these times right now. So thank you so much for all you do. Thank you.